You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. Welcome to today's episode of Word Bros. Today we have a very special guest who is a comic book author of the books Cog and Flame and Doom Speaker. It's Neil Mockerman. Yeah, Neil's a cool dude, man. Um, Neil is kind of uh, kind of making things happen. He's got a really good creative team for his book. This is Doom Speaker will be out eventually through Scout Comics. Um, he lives here in Ohio. He's a fellow Ohioan. He lives he lives near Dave Chappelle up in Yellow Spring or whatever it's called. Good dude. Uh, he's got some really creative stuff and he's quite the game master as well. So we're going to talk to him. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. And don't forget this week, the episode is brought to you by the fine, fine people at Things from Another World. Things from Another World is one of the world's largest online comic stores. You can get toys and tabletop games and graphic novels and all kinds of stuff. And you can do that through the Word Bros portal. Just go to word, thewordbros.com, click on the Things from Another World banner, and that'll take you right to the shop. And you can buy all of your uh, things. From, from another, another world. world. Yes, yes. So thank you to them for sponsoring the show. Really appreciate it. And without further adieu, without further adieu, Neil Mockerman. Neil. Welcome to Word Bros. Thanks you have for an exquisite, me. You have an exquisite beard, sir. Thank you. You Thank do. You. And I got to tell you, I love the wood paneling. Are you at home? Is that your home? I am in my basement office here. It's um, It was a storage room. So we moved in in March, the end okay. of March. And it was one of just a weird unfinished storeroom. I'll turn my camera around here. It's got... That's pretty so, cool. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So that's a nice a basement. Walls. It's it's a nice big area in yeah. here. And it's yeah, it's nice. I, I I claimed it and put the shiplap boards on and they're just on like straight on the studs. So Okay. It looks nice. It looks fancy. Thank you. Yeah, my, it looks my, like a corn crib or something that I'm in here. It's <laughs> nice, but it, it looks because I, I I that's one of the things I've really appreciated about the the coronavirus pandemic is I watch a lot of news. I, I don't know what it is, but I love Rachel Maddow. Like I think mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by Rachel yeah. Maddow. Like the trips she takes to get to the point is, <laughs> is just epically wonderful. And I, I love every second of it. And to some extent I relate to it because I'm doing that right now. I'm doing my best Maddow impersonation as I'm telling this story, but I love the, the bookshelves of the guests that are on television now like you get to see the oh well they have a very nice setup and oh look yeah. at that this person has a a ladder in their library very fancy you know what i'm saying so I, i've <laughs> we grown were. i've grown to really appreciate the backgrounds yeah, we were watching an interview the other night and i can't remember who it was but they had you know the books turned 
towards the screen so you can see what they are. And we're like, wait, those are all of their books. <laughs> you know, just like poli sci type, like that's their name. So just showing up, hey, I'm an author. I wrote these things. I've written many books and they're on my shelves. It's also yeah. genius marketing is what yeah, it is. Yeah, it's perfect. If you're going to be on <laughs> national news or whatever it was, it's, yeah. I mean, see it. if we were going to be on national news, behind us would be a whole bookshelf full of Metal Shark Bros. So this oh, looks yeah. like the only yeah, thing I ever just, read. Just solid. Yeah. Just solid Metal Shark Bros. Like all I, all I have in the background is like an impending like doom, this doorway there. It's, yeah. it's the doorway to my laundry room and that's it. It's, like you can, yeah, that's perfect. it. Yeah, it's good. It works. Yeah. But yeah, man. So, um, so we're having you on the podcast today. Thank you for coming on. We really appreciate uh, having you no on. Problem. Thank you. Thank you for backing the Ninja Nuns Kickstarter. Um, Definitely, we appreciate your patronage and your uh, and your support on that thing. But that's enough about us. Nobody cares. <laughs> We're here to talk about you. We're okay. talking about Neil Morkman. Morkman. <laughs> nanu, nanu, Neil. It's your turn to talk. <laughs> now, before you came on, you sent us some PDFs of your book, Cog and Flame, that you did with a very star-studded cast, my friend, with um, fan favorite, and Kevin really loves Nathan Brewerton's work. I do. And uh, you had uh, Walter Osley color your stuff for yeah, you, too, eh? He colored the second and third issue. Mm -hmm. um, Ethan had done it himself for the first, and then he decided he didn't want to color. He just wanted to do the line art, and uh, so, but he he had been doing a lot of. Um, oh, they have a little Discord server, the Illustrati stuff with uh, Ethan's in there with Walter and that, and he. I think Walter was probably just finishing up the first Metal Shark Bro, mm -hmm. so he had some time to jump on in color, and then that's how. I somehow convinced him to do the art for Doomspeaker then. Yeah, Doomspeaker, so, that looks really that cool. That looks great. Tell us about Doomspeaker, because you only sent me Cog and Flame. I haven't seen all the Doomspeaker oh, stuff. I, I thought I had. I said sent you no. two emails, but maybe one didn't get through. Here, um, so Go ahead, keep talking. You're um, but yeah, Doomspeaker is about a young boy who can touch somebody, tell how they're going to die, like see a vision of it. Um, and he gets found by this traveling carnival uh, that they all have powers of their own. Uh, Chaz was calling it uh, X-Men meets carnival. So there he takes up with them and starts traveling. And that's kind of what uh, issue one's about. Um, and then it kind of goes through just him starting to find out more about these other people's with powers, finding out about his powers and um goes on from there yes here we go I'm, so. looking, I'm looking at issue one right here you are correct i do have it it's great like the the artwork is beautiful the story I, i'm looking over it now like i can tell what's happening there's some blood <laughs> and there's some handprints and doom speaking and yeah it's cool man like it looks awesome walter's so great like he's yeah. he's just fantastic now at the end of this pdf it says to be continued Where's my second doom speaker? Um, it is written. Uh, Ch Chaz and I have written, edited the. He was he helped edit the doom speaker for me. Oh, that's cool. And um, we have like the first arc written, ready to go. Uh, whenever Walter's free, 
he's hopefully going to jump on that. Uh, so okay. yeah, so he's um, currently doing his web webtoon stuff. So mm -hmm. if that goes well and he finishes that and he has a gap, then we're going to go for that. So nice. Hopefully, that's awesome. Okay. Hopefully there. And that's... you got a good team there, Neil. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't know how, but it it happened. So and that'll eventually be released at scout and we'll have seen the solicit uh yeah. cover for it and the yeah. covers the cover's amazing so i remember seeing that. i said walter what's that doom speaker thing and he is like i can't i can't talk about it yet and then oh, he did the uh, winky uh, then he did the winky smiley face because i we, we, he was just joking around but yeah yeah, yeah no so I, i'm real excited for it um it's you know i done three issues of Cog and Flame, which is more traditional sword sorcery fantasy type stuff mm -hmm. and wanted to go a little bit different, but still I like my magic stuff. So, you know, still incorporating that, but more of a old West Dust Bowl type feel, but a little bit of technology. We we're calling it Dust Bowl steampunk. So it's some modern amenities, but set kind of old West looking. And it's impressive that Walter, again, I don't want to talk too much about Walter during this thing, but this thing does look steampunky and of a certain time. Uh, Walter managed to do an Old West book and drew three horses in the whole book. I, exactly. I <laughs> That's pretty him. impressive, right? Like, I see horses here on page 11. There's two horses. Uh -huh. And then I see, like, two other horses, but it's a, it's a distant shot, like an establishing shot when they're going to town. Same yeah. horses and then some legs. And that's really it. I mean, Walter is... He's got some rules that you have to follow if you want to work with Walter Osley. One of them is no buildings. Not a fan of buildings. Hey, he got that little town in there. It's it's perfect. Um, <laughs> with, with the horses, I told him, like, it's our own world. If you don't want to draw horses, if they want to be pulled around by turtles, that's fine too. You know, we can switch this up, do whatever you want, <laughs> and add the little flares to it. And that's, he kind of ran with the little mechanical elements, you know, like the the cell doors have the mechanical locks on them. Yeah. And in the sheriff's office, there's the air conditioner blowing in there. So <laughs> just random, random little things like that. And he kind of ran with it. And it's, it, I think it really added quite a bit to the, the look, the feel of it, so. Now, tell us your experience. Like, Kevin and I right now are in the process of finding artists to work with and how kind of maddening and frustrating that can be. How was it for you, Neil, when you're working on Doomspeaker? Like, how did the process go? Did you have a list involved? Did you have like an ABC? Tell us how you worked your way through your list and how you ended up with Walter. Um, so we'll take a step back and we'll go to Cog and Flame. I, that was the first thing I had written in earnest. Um, I had written some other stories, but that's the one that I wanted to go fruition, pull the trigger, let's do this. And I met Ethan on the Reddit comic book collapse thread. And he was maybe the second or third person I had talked to. A couple people were that I really liked their stuff were either busy or very, very expensive or a combination of both. Um, so I started working with Ethan on that. And then he introduced me to Walter and he started doing the coloring. And after we finished the first, or the, the first student, the first, sorry, Cog and Flame that Walter colored, we were just chatting about what we were working on next. And I showed him the script for Doom Speaker and he liked it. And we were talking about what we think which art style would be great for it. And he gave some suggestions and I'm like, well, I mean, 
if you want to do this, you could do this. And, Very natural. Um, I like yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and he had time at that point or pretty close to it. Like I think it was right after, somewhere after Metal Shark Bro came out the first mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, it, it worked in. It went great. It was both of them were great to work with for first experiences. And, colorists have been a little bit trickier to find mm-hmm. um that's i'm looking for one for the project i'm working on right now um it's i haven't found what i wanted yet so we're still we're still out there looking for that now so. i think this is where a, an editor or a, other artist friends can come in to play with yeah. colorists because oh. I'm not going to lie to you, man. Like I can tell when I like colors. I can tell when I don't, uh, but I can't tell you specifics or oh, reasons, or it, I could just go, I really like the purples because I'm an idiot. Yeah, and can't, like, yeah can't. exactly. No, there's, there's been some that I'm like, oh, this is great. Show it around. They're like, mm, there's some problems. It's like, okay, I guess we don't use them. And then other ones that I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Like, That's great. Well, I mean, it's your guys's lines are, you know what? you know, you're talking about better than I do on that. So, but yeah, we haven't for, I'm doing a, a longer form graphic novel. Um, uh, we've called it 10 hours to Innsmouth. It's uh, more of a Mythos Lovecraft craft type uh, book about- makes It's the beard, it makes sense. Yeah, I think. yeah. 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 Um, but that's about <laughs> two young women who find a, a young deep one and are trying to return it to the sea and kind of being pursued by other Lovecraft. A deep one? What's a deep one? Um, yeah, like, you have to explain that. Oh, sorry. They're like uh, <laughs> fish people that live in the ah, ocean. Okay, okay, so, right. yeah. Yeah. So that's... They're so it's kind like of the a, shape of water, except for it's not like sexual between the women. Yeah, and the fish more guy. like more like an E.T. type thing. They're just trying, to, cool. okay. trying yeah. to get it home. So, okay. yeah. Cool. And they're um, not trying to get it in. <laughs> yeah, no, not, not at all. Unless, unless uh, the artist just completely goes his own way with it. That's not. Uh, but uh, I had Chaz edit that one for me. Dang, so you got a good editor, man. It's I. Yeah, from what I originally gave to him to what it turned out for both Doom Speaker and this, it's. Incredible! Just oh no, his, we know. Yeah, he's. You know, I, know what I will not stop singing his praises. It's Ch- it's lovely. Chaz is cool. I like I like working with Chaz. We work with Chaz Pangburn a lot. He's a very good editor. I want to get him on the show and speak to him because I've never actually heard his voice, which is odd. Yeah, <laughs> like, and he's not he's not far, isn't he? Down no, in Newport, he lives in fucking Newport, and I've never yeah. met him. That's... like ever it's weird um but yeah no i want to I, I like chaz he's a great editor but sometimes i like to be like no we're not doing that just to i <laughs> he wanted for the beginning of doom speaker he's like you need a a cold open and action open and i'm just like no i love my slow burns and <laughs> just slowly leading into that action and he's like i really think for marketability people want to see that pop the first couple pages um yeah and i gave it i gave it to him in 10 hours we did a dream sequence at the beginning of it so mm-hmm. i was like i'll i'll concede to that for this one but we're keeping doom speaker 
no, whether whether I'm right or wrong, Chaz is probably right. But um. <laughs> uh, but it, I think he's got something. I always like to kind of start a book with an action beat because it can kind of bring you right in. Oh, absolutely. You know? I, I there, don't disagree with yeah. that point. Yeah. But but there is something to be said about a good kind of slow building. Like, what's process. this all about? Yeah. Yes. Sort of, sort of but I will say, and this is just as the comic reader in me, um, if I'm going to buy a single issue and it's all just slow burn of the end, I'm oh, like, yeah. fuck you, yeah. dude. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. No, I'm the same. I look for the pretty, hey, this has some action. This art's cool. Yeah, and then there's only get that there's only quite one. a few people that can get away with like nothing's gonna happen this yeah. first issue, oh, and his name, is, and his name first... is Jonathan Hickman. I was gonna first... say Hickman's <laughs> the only guy you will or or the first trade paperback of his stuff. Yeah. Uh, some of his stuff's a real slow burn, but it's it pays off. Yeah, so yeah, yeah I I agree with that. Rucka is too though, so I really like Rucka as a writer, and a lot of times his stuff is very it's very like the pacing is very deliberate and like you don't realize how deliberate the pacing is until you get further on into the story so as as comic readers um sometimes it's worth your weight so and i think that's what you're going for with doom speaker to tie it all back in yeah kevin that was a good segue bro thank you sir man you were helping making me a professional son Uh, (laughs) the artist for the one i'm working on now 10 hours to insmith is down by you as well uh it's Eamon hill he's pig bone comics yeah that's right pig bone comics Uh, but he's he's a tattoo artist down in cincinnati oh that's cool and he randomly ran into Chaz after we all started working at it he was getting tattooed by the other guy in Eamon's shop so and he they were just talking comics and stuff and realized what all circle they were in and who they were and that they were working on the same book. That's so cool. they've met. I have not met either of them or I've never met I've never met anybody that I've worked with. So, <laughs> so they're, they're far enough away. And then I mean it probably would have last year, but with all the conventions and all of that stuff. I will tell you happening. Kevin and I can speak from experience. Walter is, uh, he's a tough read. Okay, we've known Walter for what? Years now. Three years. Three years. Three, we've done, three or four years. We've done 200 pages of comic books, and I can't tell you if Walter likes us or not. Like, it's, it's 50-50. Sometimes. I mean, <laughs> as long as you're getting the quality art, and yeah. I'm sure as long as you're paying, it's, it's all good. It's all yeah. happy. Yeah. I think he likes us, but it's, I think it's always does. hard. To, it's always hard to tell because the first time that we sat down to talk about Metal Shark Pro, he seemed kind of reluctant uh, about it, and it was it was like that that's burned into I think both of our brains. We were at Heroes Con, we're like, well, let's sit down and talk about all this because this is the part where we were talking about if we're going to go with Scout or we're going to go with this. Uh, a couple other uh, companies had offered us things. Oh, that's great. So when we were all, I was it was weird, is what it was. Um, <laughs> Because we didn't know Walter well enough, and he didn't know us well enough. We just all decided to work together because we, when we saw, when I saw his art one year, I said to Bobby, I was like, "That dude's art's awesome because it doesn't look like anybody else's." It exactly. Like, it just looks like his, no matter what he does. It's his. Like it's you his can art. tell. You can you, tell. You see it a mile away and go, "That's that dude. That dude drew that." No. Um, and I read the Shiver Bureau book and was like, "Dude, his book is good." Um, <clears throat> I, I think like 
I think like if we had a good story for him that we would be able to convince him to work with us, like his art could like blow up because it just always looks like him. Yeah. And we were talking about it, and then I introduced the the Bobby and, and Walter, and um, we hit him with the idea of working with us, and he said, "Yeah, sure. Um, we'll talk about it after the con, like what we're gonna want to work on together." So we're throwing ideas back and forth, and we we originally had Walter attached to a different project for us than Metal Shark Pro. Um, and Bobby said at the end of that meeting, he's like, why don't we just send him the script we have for that Metal Shark Pro idea, see if he likes that too. So he ended up liking both of them. And then fortuitously for us, um, another artist liked the script that Walter had liked at the time. So, and that was an artist we had been talking about working with for a really long time. So we were like, I guess we should give the script to the artist we wanted to have that script originally and let Walter do Metal Shark Pro if he likes that one. Yeah. So he was like, yeah, I really like the Metal Shark Pro one too. I like both of them. I don't know which one I want to do. And I was like, why don't you just do the Metal Shark Pro one? Because he's like, yeah, it's stupid. Just stupid enough to work yeah. though. <laughs> just, it's fun. It's, you know, from I imagine from an artist's perspective, it's kind of get as crazy as you want to with it. Um, he also, Walter's also really great at contributing ideas. So I'll say that too. Oh, yeah. Because when, when he's like, what, would it be okay if I did this and this? Would you guys be okay if me doing this? Would it be okay if I put a bowler hat on this eyeball with bat wings? Well, yeah. Walter is a writer, so he can yeah. he yeah. can kind of contribute in ways that uh, some artists might not be able to, you know? I don't know. He, like, as far as there's a couple of crowd scenes of Doomspeaker with other carnival folks, yet unnamed yet story and i'm just like just draw carnival folk whatever whatever you see fit you know a strong man a lizard dude whatever and you know he he made them and there's one oh the green-haired girl in there i quickly became smitten with her and changed the rest of the arc and wrote her into having a main part nice. with you know a young not necessarily a romantic interest, but some of the same age as the young Doom speaker or a little bit older, kind of mentor him through. So no, just look from from his art, just like, okay, this is all changing. We're <laughs> making stories of this. And then a couple of them are like, okay, I think those two are a couple. And even though they haven't talked yet, but yeah, these, these two are a couple and he might not like him. So just like looking at these pictures, just expanded out the story that's fun and so or at least whether any of that will ever be on a page who knows but in my mind they've all got little backstories on them so so tell us we, we've kind of got what you're doing now uh we've got what you've done in the past tell us where your comic journey kind of began how did you get into comics what was the first thing you remember reading and digging about comics uh just 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 give yeah. us that little bit in um when i was Young, young, I was a huge Calvin and Hobbes fan. So more oh, okay. of the, the comic strip type stuff. And in grade school, they have you write, you know, what you want to do when you grow up or where you see yourself being. And then you open it like your senior year and see. And that's what I had written in there that I wanted to do comic strips. And that's more like the Sunday papers. I was never... I had friends that were real into the X-Men and superhero stuff. Um, I never got into them. I okay. I read some, you know, would pick them up with their reading and I liked it. I remember watching like the X-Men cartoons and that stuff when I was little and knew by proxy what was happening through some of these stories, but never actually got into reading that type of stuff. 
And then I went to college for biology. Oh, so okay. nothing, just, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to get into the sciences. And I worked in labs for multiple years. And say maybe three or four years ago, I just, I kind of needed a change, needed something else to do and was in a position that I could, you know, start a little bit writing, afford to, you know, hire some artists and try and make some of this through. A um, couple years before that, we started getting real heavy into Dungeons and Dragons again. And that's what started Cog and Flame was uh, the main character in that Cornelius was one of my D and D characters, and okay. everybody hated him. And he was <laughs> he was short lived, uh, but I had written backstories and little stories for him, and that kind of evolved into that. And then when I started DMing more, started fleshing out the world, um, so most of that was inspired by Dungeons and Dragon games and other role playing games. So that kind of got me back into writing and that's uh, fun yeah now um are you just strictly running D D like 5e or are you running any other kind of game at this point um right now i'm playing in a game on friday nights and i work temporarily on hiatus for the one i was running and we had played for about two years that's cool okay and we same characters and then we did a little time jump with new characters in the same world. So, and then I don't know, I got a little burnout and had a bunch of other stuff going and it's, yeah. you know, that was a couple months ago. So we've just been playing other stuff or doing little one shots or playing video games instead. So now, now I'm going to ask you everybody who plays D and D's favorite question. Hey, tell me about your character. Okay. Um, <laughs> so for the game that we're playing on Friday night, uh, it is like a water world-esque thing. We're on a boat. We're oh, oh, island yes. hopping. Yes, that's um, wonderful. We might be pirates. We think we're good, but we're we're probably pirates. We're Kevin, definitely... you missed it because Kevin froze and missed out. Uh, Neil's, Neil's character, Neil's playing like a water world style D&D. &D, and I oh, know that's you, awesome. I know you would like that because we're both big fans of the film Water World. Are you are you just playing? Or are you running that, Neil? Uh, this is the one I'm I'm playing. Okay. Um, but yeah, we're just island hopping. We're technically trying to find some four different obelisks to do that. But really, we're just out on a boat exploring. So, That's but my cool. what started the question was my character in that he's a Goliath artificer. So oh, that's 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 different for non-standard. Yeah, he he left his Goliath mountains because he had found uh, a magic wand and wanted to learn how it was made and all that got into making the wands and he's a skinny weak goliath and he's not a big you know fist fighter he's also he's incredibly intelligent no charisma no wisdom so he's goofy and weird but he can tunnel in and make his stuff and do his things he's creating he has these little homunculuses that he creates oh, and the first fun. the first yeah. one was baby yoda and then baby yoda <laughs> got killed and now oh, it's like um yoda. a long furby okay so long if, furby. <laughs> yeah so if you if if you want to look up something weird look up uh, long furby 
Uh, so people take like the Furbies and then make, give them long, like furry snake bodies. That's weird. And yeah, yeah, it's weird. And they're real creepy. And he's kind of evolved into the world's longest Furby. So yeah, it's, right. it's a That's very, it's a very light, weird game. So, and then the game I was running was your more traditional, um, all the, all my players for whatever reason chose to be teenagers and magic users so it that sounds became, fun though yeah it quickly became magic teens and magic you know, teens. they're just doing doing stuff trying to stop you know magic from ending and all of that so that sounds cool that's yeah. awesome well kevin likes to ask people if they ever want to run a game for us so i'm just going to ask yeah, him so. for you so oh you know. <laughs> i i would absolutely love to yeah i'm <laughs> always always game you know whether it's a one shot or do that like i've run mainly uh 5e uh, i did we had a I don't know. We played for maybe half a year. Call of Cthulhu, one of the versions. I've I heard. Those... I've heard that game is really good. I mean, we'll play anything. The the thing is, we don't get to play together often. Bob yeah. and I don't. And that was like when when we both found out that we played D and we both of us played D and D. The goal was to play together. Um, yeah. And we don't live in the same area. And the what the only way we could find to do that was Bob was going to decide he's going to run a game because yeah. I don't have time and I I don't want to run a D and D game because. What always ends up happening with D and D, I've always noticed, is somebody knows the rules better than me, and then it's frustrating. It's no longer fun. Yeah, um, it's all fine. <laughs> the rules are just guidelines. You do what no, you no, want. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I totally. That's how I run. That's how I would run the game. But the problem yeah. is, if somebody else has read all the books, knows all the rules, and they're like, "Well, on page one twenty-two, it says you have to do this," and I'm like, yeah. "Oh, this just became not fun for me." That's yeah. when you tell them, "I'm the boss. I'm the boss in this world." This oh, is I just say things work. like this just became not fun for me. Like I'm yeah. just not having fun I quit. Anymore. I'm gonna flip my oh, table. No, no, I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go that far. I just go, oh, this is because like that's the one thing about role playing games that I don't think players realize is that if the GM's not having fun, no one's gonna have fun. Oh no, definitely not. So once it becomes not fun for me, I go, oh, this just is not. This just became not fun. Let's not do that. Just basically as a warning, like, hey, don't do that. Like I don't, I don't care about the rules like that. I'm not going to screw you over. Like I'm more interested in the story we're going to. Oh, definitely. Gonna, yeah, I'm not. Than trying to kill your character. Trying, yeah, right. Yeah, trying to kill I've, your character. I've done it once, and it was more by accident than anything else. Just oh, I didn't think this would kill you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so I'll fudge. I'll fudge dice rolls so a kobold doesn't kill you to give you a cool death. If you're gonna yeah. like, if we're gonna play it like like along with it and make yeah. it an epic story, like yeah. I'll fudge dice rolls to make sure you're not dying from. Oh that. yeah, from from just normal. I mean, if someone makes a really stupid decision, right, and goes on, yeah, you're you're on the chopping block. That's fine. If you give them that warning, like. <laughs> This isn't the best decision, but feel free, do this. And then, yeah, no problem with character deaths that way. But yeah. yeah, they were, I don't know, they were fighting a hag and one of those no save type, if you drop to zero hit points, it's like, this will be fine. It's only like 40 hit points and not realizing where they were. And they're like, well, I'm dead. Like, oh, <laughs> whoops, cool. Whoops, sorry. I didn't, didn't mean to. <laughs> I did not mean to kill you. No, I, I've been DMing now for 
It's like two years because I had to drop out of Bob's game because yeah, I've been I changed I've been jobs. DMing for two years and I've only killed one player and I felt terrible about it. And it was me. No, no it wasn't. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I killed. Um, I killed. Uh, I was running the best game. Uh, the most fun I had is I was running a game for two people. It was. It was my friend. It was, I had two friends. One of them was. Um, cleric not a cleric one of them was a ranger and then the other druid druid and a a ranger yeah Yeah. you told me about it yeah and it was so much fun like it was just as fun we're gonna get this over with if you need anything i'll give you an npc to kind of go along with you yeah small games are great yeah because the other game that i run is sometimes it was at one point like seven and it was like fuck dude and it was my first time dming 5e and i'm just like this is a nightmare um yeah so it can get to be too when it takes 45 minutes to see if someone wants to open a door yeah our (laughs) home game that we used to play that was essentially three couples and one one of the wives didn't play she usually just like hung out and watched and shook her head at us but i think at the end we had six people and it was just once six low level characters nothing but when they start getting medium high levels and the turns take forever it's it's too much i yeah. like the the sunday game i was running was three players it's perfect it's perfect but you said you play call of cthulhu one thing that we're doing now is like star wars is there is the new yeah. thing we're doing edge of the empire games now um and we played in one with um jason copeland who's an artist was the gm and then we had a couple of other guys who do comics who were playing it um actually everybody in that game did comics in yeah. some fashion um and we were all playing like really weird things and um and and somebody uh had to jump off um of that so now we're going to try a different edge of the empire game okay. that Bob I, yeah. is going to run i have not played any of the star wars games everybody says pretty good things about them but that's the dice system is hard to adjust to is the only thing that's weird. but it's cool because it's, it's not cool. it's not D&D pass it's or fail. It's not D&D pass or fail. It's like Is you, it the D6 system so you mm-hmm. roll a hand? No, okay. it's 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 like a weird like you build dice pools and based okay. on your rolls is deg- it's kind of degrees of success and okay. failure. Okay. Yeah. Cuz you can of, succeed and fail at the same time with the dice yeah. in Star Wars. You yeah. like you can have a big success and a minor failure or a a, a big failure and a minor success from your big failure. Gotcha. So it kind of reflects the action from the movies and it's very narrative. Yeah. Okay. So um if you'd imagine like the part where Han Solo is trying to con the stormtroopers and like everything's okay, right? And then he shoots the computer, like that kind of yeah. thing. So yeah. it's kind of like that. Like he he succeeds at first, but then he fails. And then like, or the trash compactor monster, they get out of the trash compactor, but the, the monster almost gets them or something like that. Yeah. So it, it, it kind of works into the the way that the system works. Like you, you close the door, but you opened another door that releases this creature. So gotcha. kind of thing, like through your dice rolls. So the Call of Cthulhu, at least the version we're playing, I know it's changed multiple times. We're doing the, we're doing the D100 system. Okay. So you've got your characters and they have whatever skill based on what job they are so they're normal ass people compared to you know D superheroes yeah, that yeah, you're yeah. playing and you know you've got your skill like oh i have a 14 percent in this skill you have to roll that d100 and get under your percentile so you fail a lot and it's more <laughs> more realistic and then there's a like a push system in it like if you fail you can push for a re-roll but if you fail that re-roll, then something 
bad, bad's going to happen. And a lot of times you talk about like that beforehand, like, yeah, okay, you're going to try again, but if you fail, this wall's coming down or you're, you know, you're, the bridge is breaking or it's unleashing all this, whatever C magic. Cthulian madness. Yes. Yeah. So That's yeah. Cool. And the other thing is the, yeah, you're, you're rolling for sanity. Like if you see something, you're rolling for the sand. Yeah, yeah, that's so what Cthulhu is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so you see something and you roll, and you have to get under your sanity, and then you lose sanity points. So slowly, your characters are getting Going more insane, and more yeah. insane. Yeah. So and then once they do, they're you know there's effects that can happen if they don't do it long term, short short term. So I have a just a weighted game. I have a friend who enjoy who plays Call of Cthulhu, and he was telling me about it. I was like, "Dude, that shit sounds fun." because I'm t I don't want to say I'm tired of D and D, but like I played Fourth Edition forever. Then I started playing Fifth Edition late in the game, and we've been playing Fifth Edition now for like two and a half years. And I just want to take a break. I want to try yeah. something else. So that's why you know we're gonna play uh, the Star Wars game, and then I have this Conan book that looks fucking awesome. Um, of uh, the from Modifi or Modifius or whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's the character creation for that's really, really cool. And it's fucking Conan, like what's yeah. not to like, you know? Um, low magic kind of, you know, yeah. uh, slaves and fucking studs with big swords and shit, you know? It's perfect, it's perfect. <laughs> we, I have Tales from the Loop, and whatever played, that things for the flood yeah i and, played tales from the loop at gen con a couple that was a lot of fun that's, and you I told played, me that yeah i played yeah. it at i think it was a katacon in day and a few years ago yeah that was it. a lot of fun yeah it's kids on bikes essentially yeah fighting whatever weird shit that comes out of the loop yeah, because so, yeah. it's like an industrial town, Kevin, but it's like kind of space age, kind of crazy industrial type shit, like Stranger but, Things. But yeah, also set in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's 80s, but there's robots kicking around. And, yeah. Yeah. So I like that, the mashup of genres like that, the, you know, old period type plus some tech or plus yeah. monsters or that. I think it's great. So. This was a this was a lot of fun, man. Now we talked about your books. Where can we pick them up? You said Doom Speaker is going to be out through Scout Comics eventually, but you're not really sure when. Yeah. Um, but if we wanted to get our hands on that, do you sell PDFs of it? Did you run a Kickstarter for I, it? Like... Doom Speaker, we did not run a Kickstarter for. Okay, we just did it. I have copies that I was planning on, you know, that I made for I signed with Scout, so I was planning on selling that at conventions that never happened this year so um but i do have some online uh if you go to my facebook page which is neil mockerman comics which is n-e-i-l-m-o-h-e-r-m-a-n um there's links in there to my store envy site and i have all three of the doom speaker or all three of the cog and flames on there cool and then doom speaker and some stickers and bullshit like that so but yeah i ran a kickstarter for the third cog and flame just a real small one just to okay. help offset the coughs and to get my feet wet on that terrible thing that it <laughs> is so, it can be yes. it's it was fine it was fine i ran it around christmas time for who knows why and it was just you know a couple thousand and it was it went it was fine but yeah it wasn't a huge thing or 
you know, for the full price or for a full graphic novel. So it wasn't, it wasn't hateful. Well, that's good. Yeah. Someday, someday we'll do one again. I'm thinking about maybe for this project I'm working on now of writing it, he's going to do the first 15 pages and then we're going to start shopping that around, uh, doing, seeing where it goes. So whether we release it online or do some kind of printing or do a Kickstarter for it after, we'll see. We'll there see. you go. But, so hopefully, hopefully in the next few months, we'll have an answer on that. That's awesome. So, yeah. Well, Neil, we really appreciate you coming on, man. This was a lot of fun. It was great. Um, where can we find you on social media? Um, Facebook's just my name, Neil Mockerman. Uh, Twitter is the Turkey Monkey is my name that I've had forever. So. I, now, where does I, that come from? We, there has to be a story behind. There's no um, the Turkey Monkey without a story. Um, an ex at one point called me that turkey for, monkey for just i don't know just as an insult and just one of those like what the hell did you just say <laughs> and i kind of love it so it's been my gamer tag for like uh playstation network and all online games and when twitter came about i used it for that so <laughs> there's a uh, some, I believe he's Scandinavian, uh, like tech entrepreneur that has straight up turkey monkey, not the turkey monkey. <laughs> and I'll get tagged for his stuff occasionally. That's like, <laughs> oh, we saw you at this tech convention. You know, your your ideas are great. And I'm like, well, if you like that, you should check out these comic books <laughs> that I'm doing. And just... Yeah, so that was about a year ago that I started getting those. I haven't heard anything recently, so but we exchanged messages a couple times. So he never bought any comic books, but I never yeah. bought his <laughs> bought his apps or whatever the hell he was selling. So awesome. <laughs> very fun. Well, Neil, thank you so much for coming on, man. We we greatly appreciate it. Yeah, good luck to you, me. of course, dude. And hey, man, let's let's game, bro. Oh yeah. yeah, if yeah, we can we can set this up. I obviously not doing anything so yeah <laughs> so i'm i'm always up to add a, add a whether it's just a one shot or if we want to do something that continues on yeah I'm, i'll run that's fine with me sounds good friend sounds awesome all right all right buddy yeah good talking to you that was neil mockerman what a guy what a guy what a guy fun dude man we had a good show he and that that he He's said had a great beard he looked like he was like you shall not pass bob and kevin off so. off air we weren't recording he said that he used to be in like beard competitions yes which That's is crazy awesome. yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a crazy world out there where you have a like a beauty pageant for beards which is which is, I'm, I'm i'm in I'm doing this. Kevin, everyone <laughs> likes to feel beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody wants to feel like special. Man. Everyone in comics is beautiful, yes, Bob. And that's why we run the show. To, to introduce you to the beautiful people that are in your comics community. Who are the people in your comics neighborhood? That was very good. And let's end the show there. <laughs> Next week, we'll have on the team from Chain to the Grave, Andy Eisenbach, uh, Brian Level, and Kate Sharon. They're all going to be on the podcast talking about their book that actually comes out that day, I think. I think it'll be out right around that time. So, so you should great. buy it. Dude, and that then, shit looks and hot. listen to the show. Yeah. So. 
and they're all good people. So that'll be a big show too. So next week we got the chain to the grave creative team. So listen to that. Thank you for all your support. Thank you for listening. And we will see you guys soon. You're listening to the word bros podcast, the wordbros.com. <laughs>